Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I wanted to um, address something that, um, that I said last week. I quoted the wrong address of the scripture. I was just uh, quoting a, or kind of paraphrasing a scripture, and we were talking about the weapons of warfare, spiritual warfare found in Ephesians chapter 6, and I said it was in 1 Corinthians 10.4, and it's actually 2 Corinthians 10.4, so, and, and so while we're here, let me just read the scripture. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that's, that's how it is in the New King James. And let me read it out of the New Living Translation since that's what I primarily teach out of. Again, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So again, uh, you know, we're, when we're talking about the gifts from the Holy Spirit, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit resident in our life and the things that He gives us, the giftings that He gives us, it's so that we can walk and live this victorious life, so that we can walk in power. The Holy Spirit enables us, empowers us to live this abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And, you know, I was thinking, uh, before I get into this message, I was thinking about when I was growing up, uh, the church that I went to, the denomination that I went to, I, I don't think they ever, I never really ever heard anything about the Holy Spirit. I never heard anything about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And I think it, it's not that they were, they were bad people or a bad church, but I, I think that uh, some denominations just don't touch on the Holy Spirit and talk about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And then uh, part of what I want to do, the last part of this series uh, a couple of weeks ago and last week and the next couple of weeks, are sort of demystify this whole Holy Spirit thing and the gifts from the Holy Spirit. Because these are gifts that the Lord gives to us. And if you think about it, there's, there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of resistance because of some of the things that we've seen. I've seen some kooky stuff in the church. And, uh, you know, I think it's because people have misunderstood this, the Word and the Scriptures and, and what the gifts are for, the application of the gifts and how we're to use those gifts. Because think about this, who would want us not to receive the giftings and the gifts from the Lord? It wouldn't be the Lord, right? But the enemy who's come to steal, kill, and destroy, he would want to keep us from receiving and have resistance toward the Holy Spirit and the giftings that God has for us. They're good. They're, they're good for us. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about speaking in tongues. If you missed that message, go back and listen to that. I think that will help clarify some things for you. Uh, last week we talked about what is a prayer language. These are all gifts. Go, you know, I've, I've in, I encourage you, go back and read in the Bible what does the Bible say. Not what do you think it should say or what do you want it to say or what you've heard it said. Go back and read the Bible for yourself. And so this morning I want to talk about 
what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And we're in this series called Say What? What? Say What? Okay, let's go to our core scripture here. It's found in Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And so this morning, I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit connects us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God gives to us. Again, the Holy Spirit enables us to live this life, empowers us. Uh, The church that I went to when I was growing up where they never mentioned the Holy Spirit, I don't ever recall them mentioning, mentioning the Holy Spirit, certainly not teaching about the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it was a dead church. There was nothing happening there. I mean, you know, it was a nice church, nice people, but the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the abundant life. And, and I'll probably talk about the scripture a little bit next week, but go back and read in Hebrews 6, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, where the writer is talking about, let us mature, let us go on from the basic fundamental teachings of repentant from dead works, faith in God, baptisms, laying on of hands, uh, e- uh, eternal judgment, and, and eternal uh, life with God. So the writer of Hebrews is saying these are basic fundamental things that we need to understand, but yet many people in the church had not been taught, have not been taught these things. And they're important for our spiritual growth and maturity. You notice in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 2, it says baptisms, plural, not singular. And when I heard about baptism all the, all the time that I was growing up, I only heard of one baptism, water baptism. But as we're going to see today and next week, there are, there are more than one baptism. And they're important for us. So let me just jump in here. Baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo. And it means to immerse or completely cover. So whenever we have water baptisms, we submerge people all the way. Because it's representative of a... Uh, it's a, a demonstra- an outward demonstration of an inward change. But also... It, it, it reflects that when we are born again, we're a new person. When we come up out of that water, it represents that all our sin and everything is washed away. It's a new beginning. It's a new day for us. But not only does it represent those things, I think it does something. I think it does something in our hearts, in our spirit, man. And so, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, but that's why we submerge, completely submerge. To baptize means to be covered completely, to immerse. So there are three baptisms that I'm going to talk about today that we need. And one, the first one is the baptism into Christ. The second is baptism in water. And the third is baptism in the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm, I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures that you can look at. And I want you to go to the Word and read it for yourself. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So imagine that your, your right arm is missing. You're going to be hindered in what you can do. And when that's, this is one of the reasons the body of Christ is so important. Because when you're not here, if you're part of this body, it's like we're missing part of our body. We're hindered. We're missing you. And you have a part to play here, not just showing up, but encouraging one another and being encouraged. And life groups are a huge part of that, where we can come together and we can commune together and we can build deeper relationships. We can grow in our relationship with the Lord on a deeper level. 
So the body has many parts, and you are an important part. You're a part of this body. And when you're not here, we're missing you. And you're missing us. <laughs> so let's read on in, in uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, verse 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. Okay, now we're getting ready to jump into the first baptism. The baptism in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 continues, But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. What's Paul talking about here? We've been baptized into one body by the Holy Spirit. The, ba- the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. We're baptized into one body, the body of Christ. So we're going to be looking at today who is baptizing and what is the baptism for. This baptism is by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, right? That's what we just read. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So I'm going to be repeating myself a couple of times here today because we really need to get this. We really need to understand this. So that's my first point. My second point is a disciple baptizes us in water. We're baptized in water by a disciple, a believer. For simplicity, a man, a person baptizes us, right? And hopefully it's a believer, somebody that has a relationship with the Lord. But it's a person that baptizes us in water. It's the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into the body of Christ. It's a person that baptizes us in water. Let's look at Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Jesus came and told the disciples, now we know that this is... uh, fairly close uh, to the time where he was going to ascend to the Father. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, we're, we're coming. he's going to talk about the second baptism here, baptism in water. Therefore go, this is Jesus saying, talking here, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, baptism water baptism is what he's talking about here and when i was growing up that's the only baptism baptism i really ever heard about was baptism of water now let me say this a disciple can baptize someone when we've had water baptisms and i'm thinking about we may do that again before the summer ends before it gets cold um, because i know there's some of you that have expressed an interest in getting baptized but when we've had people get baptized we've had parents or fathers baptize their children you don't have to be a, ba- a pastor to, to baptize someone. And, and so just to share that with you, a, a believer can baptize in water. Okay, so let me go through my three points again. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ when we get saved. That's what, that's what salvation is, right? We, get, we come into this relationship with the Lord. The second point is a disciple baptizes us in water. So once we get saved... Then we get baptized in water. Now, there are some Christians or some denominations that believe that you're not saved if you don't get baptized in water. Well, think about Jesus and the thief on the cross. Jesus said, you'll be with me today in paradise. He didn't say, oh, but you have to get down off the cross and go get baptized. Now, so th- that's, that's, that's incorrect. We don't have to be baptized to be saved. Now, we should get water baptized when we get saved. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, we're saved by grace through what? Faith when we believe, not of our works that any man should boast. 
So uh, I'm just going through some of these things here. My third point is Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Once we're saved, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to look at all these in Scripture as we go through this week and next week. So John the Baptist is speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he's just called them a bunch of snakes. <laughs> and this is what he says to them in Matthew 3:11. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. Okay, what is salvation? What is, it, what is getting saved? When we repent of our sins and we turn to God, every week... I say a salvation prayer, and it's basically something like this. We invite the Lord into our life. We say, Lord, will you forgive me of my sins? Will you come into my heart? Will you come into my life? I thank you for this new day. I thank you for this new beginning. We're talking about leading someone or, or someone praying a prayer of salvation, right? Coming into this relationship. And so what are the critical things? That we repent of our sins. And that we invite the Lord into our life. So Paul is, I mean, John is saying, I, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. Baptism with water represents the new life that I was talking about. The second point, the second baptism, baptized in water. Let's read on. But someone, Matthew 3.11 continues, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy to even uh, worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. Okay, he's getting ready to talk about the third baptism here, baptism in the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you. What does it say? With the Holy Spirit and fire. Who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire? It's Jesus. Baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So. Let me just kind of recap this again, because it's important that we really get this, and I, and I hope I'm not, you know, confusing you, but the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. A disciple baptizes us in water, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. But we have all been baptized into one body by what? By who? By the Spirit and we all share the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. Now let's skip, skip ahead to uh, Matthew chapter 311. Um, he baptizes you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's talking about Jesus. So Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now why am I talking about the first baptism and the third? Because these are clearly two different baptisms. They're different aspects of God baptizing, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is baptizing us into the body of Christ, which is our salvation when we come to salvation. And uh, Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. So remember, baptism means immersion, being completely covered. Jesus wants us covered. Jesus wants us immersed in the Holy Spirit. So that we can be empowered to walk in the fullness of life that Jesus came to give us. And listen, if we're not getting this, if we're not being taught this, if we're not understanding this, if we're rejecting this, we're not going to walk in the fullness that Christ has called us to walk in. This is for believers. This is for us. 
This is for the body of Christ. Is it any wonder we don't see the body of Christ being more powerful? I mean, we've had people uh, here get healed, and we've, we've seen God do miraculous things, but I want to see more. I want the, the Holy Spirit to pour through our lives and radically change people's lives and hearts. And, and, and you know, we want to see God move in might and power. But how does He move? He moves through people. He works through our lives that when we pray for the sick, they're healed. So Jesus wants to cover us and and, and enable us and empower us to live a life of power. Let's let's look at Mark chapter 8. This is John the Baptist again. And Mark, he says in Mark uh, 1.8, I will baptize you with water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Again, we see two different people. John baptizes in water for our salvation into the body of Christ, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Let's look in Luke, John the Baptist again, speaking. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie his straps. He, he, Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what's called synoptic gospels. They pretty much share the same stories, and, and you'll see the same miracles in those Bibles. But, uh, and so they're called synoptic because they're similar. Um, they record the, the birth of Jesus. They all record uh, John proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah and they skip to the third year of Jesus' ministry. They don't cover a lot about the first couple of years of Jesus' ministry. Remember, Jesus turned the water into wine. That was his first miracle. So you'll, you'll see that in John, but you, you won't see that in these other Gospels. And then in 70, around 70 AD, John was the last living apostle. And he said, I guess he thought, you know what? Nobody really covered the first two years of ministry And so when you go back and read John, you see an expanded uh, view of the ministry of Jesus. You see things like the uh, turning the water into wine and things like that. Because you see see some of the the things that Jesus did in the first couple of years in addition to what he did in the third year of ministry. And so you'll find many stories in John that you don't find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, But here's the thing. All four Gospels... Uh, have the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So they all have those four elements in there. And uh, here, let's look at John chapter 1. John the Baptist is speaking again about baptizing Jesus. And he says, Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. Talking about resting upon Jesus when he, bat, when he water baptized him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, what did John baptize with? Water, okay. He told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit, not John. John baptized in water. 
Um, let's look at verse 34, John 1, 34. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Now I want to talk a little bit about this visual that, that we see when John is baptizing Jesus. And what does it say? It says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, right? And it, 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 it's not, and many of us have seen the dove and we think, well, the dove descended. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove, but sometimes we think the dove descended like the Holy Spirit. No. The emphasis is on the Holy Spirit descending, and a dove was a representation of that. So we should always, re when we read that scripture, let's read that with correct understanding that it's the Holy Spirit descending. That's the critical part, not the bird. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other thing is that we're talking about these three baptisms, baptism into the body of Christ. Well, Jesus was baptized in water. Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Did he need to be baptized into the body of Christ? Did he need to be saved? No. Jesus didn't need to be saved. Jesus saves. So um, he was born right. Uh, we, we know that we're born broken, right? When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, sin entered into all of our humanity, into all of humanity. So we're broken. We were born in sin. We were conceived in sin, the word says. And so that's why we need to be born again. And, uh, and, and Jesus didn't need to be born again because he was born right the first time. So uh, Jesus didn't need to be saved. He, he saves. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was fully man, fully God, but he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, do you think that we should be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Just a thought, okay? All right, so... Let me talk about this, these three baptisms from a different perspective, a little bit different perspective here. So salvation is the first baptism, right? We're, we're baptized into the body of Christ. We come in the, into this relationship with the Lord. And so salvation happens when we get saved and are baptized in the, into the body of Christ. Water baptism represents our sins being washed away and us having a fresh start like I talked about a while ago. And the Spirit, uh, we're baptized in the Spirit when Jesus baptizes us. So we need all three baptisms. We need to be baptized into the body of Christ. We need to be saved. We need to be water baptized. Being water baptized doesn't save us, but it's, it's Jesus' example for us that he got baptized. And then the third thing is we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see this throughout the Bible. I think in Acts 1, Acts 8, Acts 19 or 18. Uh, and, and so we see this, this, this same thing happening, that people get saved, they get water baptized, and then they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, this was after he was crucified, after he rose from the grave on the third day, um, we know that he, he revealed himself to hundreds of people before he ascended to heaven. So just before he ascends to heaven in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he, Jesus says, once when he was eating with them, the disciples, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. 
So multiple times, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm leaving. And they're like, whoa, wait, wait, hey, no, where, where, are, you, where are you going? We want to go with you. He said, no, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you stranded. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the advocate. I'm going to send the counselor to help you. And what did he say about the Holy Spirit? He said, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will be there to comfort you. And he says, Jesus said, it's best that I go away so the Holy Spirit may be poured out on you guys. So uh, that's what he's saying here. Acts 1.5. John baptized, again, this is, this is Jesus talking here. He said, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, again, is reiterating what John had said before Jesus was crucified, before Jesus died and rose again. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. We read that. That's in Acts chapter 2. And uh, Peter explains what happens. He said that that this had been foretold by the prophet Joel some 800 years before. The prophet Joel said, uh, uh, you know, speaking by the word of the Lord, that uh, in, the, in the end times, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Young men will have visions. Old men will have dreams. There will be prophecy. And so what, what happened on the day of Pentecost was foretold several hundred years before by the prophet Joel. And that's what Peter's saying, because they were saying on the day of Pentecost, all oh, these guys are drunk and, you know, they're just, you know, and, 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 and he's saying, no, Peter's saying, no, they're not. This is what Joel talked about. They're not drunk. It's like eight or nine in the morning. It's too early for them to be drunk. And so let's look at Acts chapter 2, 37 through 39. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? What should we do to be saved? And let's look at verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent. Now, I put, I've, I've emphasized the, the three baptisms here, okay? You'll see in parentheses, italicize words. Um, Peter replied, each of you must repent. What is repent? It's when we ask God to forgive us of our sins. It's when we come into salvation, right? When we come into this relationship. So they're saying, what should we do? He's saying, repent. Come into this relationship with the Lord. Come into salvation. Repent of your sins and turn to God. That is salvation, right? And be baptized. Be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Okay, so we see salvation, baptism into the body of Christ. We see water baptism, but wait, there's more. Let's read on. Verse 38 continues. Then you will receive the gift, the Holy Spirit. Uh, You will see... Receive the gift from the Holy Spirit. He's the, what is the gift? The gift is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. Wait for the gift. What was he talking about? He was talking about wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And remember, they were all, all in the room and they heard a sound like a wind, of, of rushing wind, like the sound of rushing wind. And so this is what he's talking about. The Holy Spirit. And you see this time and time and time again in scripture where they get saved they get baptized into the body of christ they get water baptized then they get baptized in the spirit and so some believe that the gift 
is the Holy uh, is not really the Holy Spirit, but a gift, like speaking in tongues. But the gift is the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts. Some people think uh, that it's it's like, well, the gift is speaking in tongues. No, the gift is the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about, you know, these different gifts. Remember last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. So it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts, and He gives us the gifts that He desires. Uh, let me read the rest of verse 11. He alone decides which gift each person should have. But it's through the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit that we are given the gifts. The gift that we want is the Holy Spirit. And then He will give us the gifts that He desires to give us. So the gift they received was the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts. Some say this gift was only for the 120 or the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Have you ever heard that? Well, well God only pour, poured out on, the, on those in the upper room. And that was for them back, back then, right? But Jesus said, what did he say? He said, wait for the promise. And, and what is the promise? The promise is the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to Acts chapter 2, verse 39. The promise is to... Look who the promise is to. It's not just to the 120 or just to the apostles. He said, this, this promise is to you, to your children, and those far away, those people that live in Kima, <laughs> all who have been called by the Lord our God. So this promise for the Holy Spirit is for all of us, not just for a select few, not just for the 120, not just for the apostles. But for all of us, it's a gift. It's the promise that God has given to us. Why? So that we can be empowered to walk in the fullness that God had created us to walk in. So that we can be empowered with the Holy Spirit. So that He can give us those gifts. And as we talked about last week, why does He give us gifts? To encourage one another. To strengthen one another. To build one another up. To build up the church, the body of Christ. So Peter continues preaching, and about 3,000 people get saved. And the point I want to make today is that we need the Holy Spirit in our life. And we need to understand that there are, there's more than one baptism of water. It's, we're baptized into Christ. We're water baptized, and then we're, we're baptized by the Holy Spirit. So just to recap, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. A disciple or a person baptizes us in water, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot more I want to say because some people have said, well, um, you know, I, I want to see more proof of that. And we're going to talk about that next week where we see where believers were saved. And, and Paul says, or, or John or, or Peter says, well, what were you saved in? And then they say, well, you need... You need the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because, see, many of us were taught when we get saved, we have it all. But what we're seeing here is that there is another baptism. And so, again, we need to read the Word of God. We, not, we shouldn't just believe what we hear. We shouldn't believe what we want to hear. We should believe the Word of God. And many people are not teaching the Word of God. And many people, I believe, have misunderstood or misappropriated 
or misused or even abused the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's caused people to say, I don't want anything like that. No, not me. I've seen those crazy people. Hey, you want to talk about crazy? You, just, you should have seen me before I got saved. You talk about doing crazy stuff. And, and so I've seen weird and kooky stuff. But that's why it's important that we know the Word of God. That we, The Word says that we need to rightly divide the Word of truth so that we can apply it appropriately to our life. And we can live this abundant life. So that's what I want to do. I want to go ahead and end here. But I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Or maybe you never had a relationship with Him. And, and today you're saying, I, w- I want to rededicate or I want to give my life to the Lord. Anybody here this morning? There's no shame in that. Maybe you're watching online and you say, man, that's me. Just, just pray this simple prayer. Just pray this prayer right now. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I thank you that all that old stuff is gone. And today is a new day. Today is a fresh start. And I ask you to just pour into my life. And that you help me to receive everything that you have for me. In fullness. And I'll forgive those who've hurt me. And and, uh, I'll put those things behind me. And I'll I'll place those in your, your lap, Lord God. And that you'll just completely forgive me and heal me. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray one more prayer for you, for those that prayed that prayer. Lord God, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to wash over them. As we've talked about today. I pray that their sensitivity to your Holy Spirit would increase. And that they hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. As they read the Word of God, it comes alive. As they pray, they, they get accustomed to hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to them. And that you will guide them and lead them in all things. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.